0: Today on In Check with Fintech, we have Mr. Colton Sill. He is the CEO and founder of Root Fusion. Colton, thanks for being on the show. Hey, nope, uh, happy to be here. Uh, looking forward to our conversation. Absolutely. Um, now, we'll spend most of the um, interview talking about your, your current company, Root Fusion, but I think you've got a fascinating background. You've done all sorts of really interesting things, which are individually interesting they don't necessarily have to connect up into a certain <laughs> you know what i mean Ruby- oh yeah. yeah they they they, def- they,
1: they definitely don't uh, connect into uh, connect into what we're doing today that's for sure
0: no it's, it's not an obvious career path you're on which i love normally it's kind of payments 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 or cyber 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 um all, all the way up until you become an executive or a founder and you've done um all sorts of things so you don't mind. I'd like to take a quick trip down memory lane because I think it's it's very interesting for a number of our listeners who have started up or dream of starting up their own fintech company to know that it takes all sorts uh, and all sorts of people can can succeed. And it's not an obvious path to getting a nice company of your own. So um, tell me about what you did back in uh, university to pay for your attention. Uh, uh, yeah. So we
1: um, uh, we started, my roommates and I started a t-shirt company uh, we were in a fraternity in, in college, uh, and my, my girlfriend at the time was the t-shirt chair. So this is actually a little bit more in depth than I typically go, but uh, we'll, we'll dive in. Uh, and so I was talking to her about how they, uh, how they made their t-shirts, who they made them from, and we found out their t-shirt budget was something like I want to say like a hundred plus thousand dollars a year and we are like, Oh my gosh. (laughs) Um, And so we, uh, we ended up uh, starting a a screen printing business. We stayed as a middleman partnered with a screen printer um, and ended up expanding across almost, what was it like 11 different universities uh, and had like nearly 20 plus people working for us, different graphic designers, salespeople it was a lot of fun. It was a really good college business. Uh, we learned a lot, but then we ended up after we graduated, we ended up shutting it down and, uh, and, and going into what we considered getting real world experience. Uh, and so we all kind of went our, our separate ways, but yeah, it was, a it, it was a lot of fun. It paid for, paid for college, paid for a lot of ski trips, paid for a lot of bar tabs, uh, very stereotypical, um, College business, if you will,
0: <laughs> but not everyone can can do that. Just just start a business. Just have that entrepreneurial spark. You know, some people wait their whole lives for that moment to come along, and other people just just, just grab it, even you know during the college years. Well, yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. Actually, I think that's interesting. I, I I I actually think about that quite a bit because, um, you know, I I don't know. Like, I I know that my career choice, no matter what it is, I'll, you know, I'll be owning my own business. I'll be an entrepreneur from here on out. Uh, that's just, that's who I am as an individual. And I don't know uh, where that comes from. Um, I know, I, I'd like to think that everybody can, can kind of do that and, and have that spark that, that goes out and, and they can, um, be, you know, become an entrepreneur. Um, but at the same time, I, I also don't know that it is for everybody. Uh, and and so i I think it's one of those things that if if you find yourself like wanting to go out and 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 do something um then maybe that spark exists and maybe there's just fear that's blocking you and maybe you should go out and do it um but if it's one of those things where you know i think there's a lot of people that kind of think being an entrepreneur is like this glamorous life uh it's a lot of fun and all this but it's uh, you know it, it's definitely the least glamorous life you can uh, you, you can choose to go down, um, but if you end up doing it, uh, you I think you can eventually make a great life for yourself.
0: I found being an entrepreneur a lot of it is banking applications and, and dealing with poor banking infrastructure, yeah. with, uh, international payments, right? And yeah, yeah, which, which we'll, we'll come to nicely um, in, in the present. Um, but then you uh, become a high-frequency trading network engineer, HFT network engineer. Now, that is a – well, it must have been a very complex role. H- I, HFT I, what, really taken off in, this, let's say, 2010 till 2018 or so. A lot of the older firms were kind of pouring into that space and building HFT desks of all sorts, and you were yeah. in the middle of that. Tell us about that. Yeah, it was it, that was interesting. I got
1: really lucky um, – we, you know, I, I went to Citigroup and, you know, City, City realized that they had an aging workforce and they needed to bring in like future leaders of the organization. And I was part of that class. That's actually where I met my co-founder, uh, Rich uh-huh.
0: Um
1: And I just got lucky uh, to, I had interned there the, 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 the summer before and I got lucky to, to fall into that role and our team was actually one of the very first high-frequency trading firms. They, I think they were based out of South Carolina and Citi bought them however long ago. So uh, we, we were quite literally, uh, the, you know, the people I worked with were the ones that started high-frequency trading. Um, yeah. And so I think one of the coolest things I tell people I, I got to do uh, was... Uh, my my manager called me in, and, and we had to use uh, the speed of light formula to calculate how many trades we could send between two different uh, colos. Um, and then that obviously uh, factored into some uh, software uh, applications and you know expanding infrastructure and that sort of thing. But it, it was a lot of fun, a lot of a lot of interesting things we learned. Uh, definitely a lot of process that you pick up on um and 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 take away and, and use in, you know using our business today
0: yeah i was going to ask what is the relationship between that experience and the the fintech firm that you're currently running and, and more broadly do you think that sector of um trade and investment you know high frequency trading do you think that's ripe for more disruption or do you think that's going to, I'm curious how much you think it's changed since you were in that space back in 2014. Is it a different landscape today already, or is it much the same?
1: Yeah. Um, I'll, I'll start with your first one. You know, I, I think when you're in the middle of working at a big bank, um, you you may not realize everything that you're learning. Um, but then, you know, at Route Fusion, my co-founder and I, you know, we had this aha moment where, we started putting in processes and started uh, more or less shaping our company based off of our experience at uh, at you know not being an operator at City but being <laughs> being a grunt at City and, and understanding like all the different things we had to do and we realized how valuable uh, working at a big bank is. Um, it may not be very fun um, and it may be quite dry in a lot of uh, a lot of times, but uh, it definitely helped shape how to efficiently run a business. Um, But going into the HFT, you know, even when I was working there, margins were just so slim on traders, Um, you know, in the glory days before anyone had figured it out. Like I I remember hearing stories about all the guys uh, and how much money they were making. And like people were driving Ferraris to work that were just like, you know normal uh, employees of the company like uh, other like <laughs> other network engineers not even the guys writing the the trading algorithms yeah. um, and like it was like the heyday yeah. and you know i don't i don't necessarily keep up with it that often um but y- you know from from what i can tell uh i think i think hft like they found probably a, a, a new area to, to, to play in and that's the crypto market. Mm-hmm. And I think rather than like traditional, uh, traditional markets that they have uh, had honed in on, I think now the crypto market, they saw it as kind of like um, a, a brand new, uh, you know, it's open pasture <laughs> that hasn't been developed yet. Uh, and so I think they've been having a lot of fun there, but, yeah, I, I I wish I kept up with it more, but it's it's not one of those things that uh, you know <laughs> that I that I stay in 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 tune with too often.
0: Now you've done a number of things between then and now. You've been a Ruby on Rails developer, a software engineer at a couple of companies. When did you know that you wanted to start a fintech company?
1: Uh, I mean, I don't I don't think I ever knew I wanted to start a fintech company per se. Um, I know in college, uh, when Simple Bank launched, that was one of the first neo banks. I remember how enthralled I was like, how cool is this, a new bank? Um, And I think at that point I probably told myself like, it'd be so cool to start a bank like that. Um, But, you know, um, I think I always knew I was going to start my own company. I just needed to get some experience outside of (laughs) printing t-shirts. Uh, and I think that's one of the biggest reasons I became a software engineer uh, was so that I could actually build build my uh, build companies. Um, I, I think it one of the most difficult things about being a tech entrepreneur is if you're not technical and you don't have a good uh, technical co-founder or something like that, I, I think it's damn near impossible um, to to build a good business. it's 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 got to be so difficult. And so I, I realized that and I said, you know, I really need to focus on uh, software engineering and uh, learning to code and, and, and those sort of things. And so I just, you know, I while I was at City, I just like started coding all the time, uh, building started with like network scripts. Uh, and then from there, I ended up uh, getting into Ruby on Rails development started a little freelance thing, got to some side gigs uh, and then eventually made the jump to a full time uh, software developer Mm -hmm. Uh, and, you know, using that. uh, I think my wife called it. She's like, yeah, that's autodidact, you know, just like self-taught, just very. uh, I I ended up what's funny is like I ended up just falling in love with with coding and um, it it became a passion of mine and maybe some days I, I still wish I could just be involved in that code base. Uh, but I, I get to do architectural planning and that sort of thing, so there's a, that's the subsidy for it.
0: <laughs> Berlin, we're here and ready for your hiring needs. After some short time considering it, we decided to set up business in Germany, meaning we can be closer to clients and allow room for new business. We're set up and ready to help find your ideal candidates, help build teams, and offer up media services people create networks. So tell us about the initial spark behind Route Fusion. You, you say you and your business partner go go way back to your city days, but was there a yeah. moment when you first figured out what this company was going to do when you you when you knew what the future looked like, you had a, a good grasp on on what this company's mission was?
1: Yeah, I mean I, I, I wish I could tell you there's this amazing aha moment. Um, and and I think anyone that tells you they had an aha moment is a liar. <laughs> but, uh, you know, for, for us, we, you know, I think I was in the ping pong room at, at a company that we were working at and I called Rich and I was like, dude, we need to start a bank. And I just like went down this entire thesis of why it was the time to do it. And this is in 2016 um and we just looked at it as a personal challenge and started diving in and understanding what we needed to do to do that uh ended up finding a banking partner um you know developed a mobile application a whole back-end infrastructure and then we we ended up getting a customer and that customer wanted to move funds to guatemala Uh uh, to pay his employees and so that sort of turned us on to cross-border payments Um, it just so happened that I was in, you know, I did some FX trading in college. My finance teacher, like was a former FX trader in Australia. And, you know, I got, (laughs) I got, I got some exposure there and I was like, oh yeah, we'll figure this out. Um, and as we dove in, we just saw this like age old industry that just felt like it had got lost in time. Um, we kind of thought that transfer wise was going to be able to solve all our problems, but. In reality, uh, when you dive in, you understand there's so much more to moving money internationally than just a good exchange rate. Um, And and what we quickly realized is, oh my gosh, we're gonna have to partner with, you know, multiple different liquidity providers, FX partners, uh, banking banks, you name it, uh, just to build out a a good feature rich, uh, solid cross-border payments product in our banking app. And I think at that moment, um, when we realized that we, we started um, we, we started questioning, you know, is the, is the Neo bank the way to go? Maybe this infrastructure thing because if we're the ones, if like we're this tiny and we're seeing this problem, imagine like every other company uh, that, is, that is running across this. Imagine like what they're having to go through. And, and then all of a sudden we thought, wow, this is a bigger problem. Uh, and, and so we, we just dove head first in, we created, uh, you know, some, some programs with these partners to, uh, to, 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 support route fusion to where we, we didn't, um, have to necessarily be compliant. We, we leveraged their compliance teams and, and regulatory, uh, uh, their licenses and, and that sort of thing. Um, and we just went heads down and started building. Yeah. And it just turns out, you know, in 2019, when we uh, finally came up, we, we launched and the market responded uh, quickly. <laughs> People were like, oh, my gosh, where has this been? Um, everyone w- was was really giving us great feedback. Uh, and so we just kept going and going. And then lo and behold, 2020 happens uh, and everything that you and I know has changed. Yeah. Uh you know, remote remote workforce is is the new thing. People can be anywhere in the world. Like all of these trends that like we were talking about in 2016 that we're supposed to go through till 2030, and like just all happened all at once in 2020. And I think that really escalated our 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 business and our market. Um, so, and and I, I, what's funny is you talk to a lot of people, I, I think they'll they'll tell you the same. Uh, 2020 was 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 pivotal for them. Um, but yeah, so that's kind of the, the gist of the story there, 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 was never really this, this aha moment. Um, I, I hate to say it, but a, a lot of it is, is just intuition, yeah. um, and, and, and feeling, um, you know, I don't know if you could be a successful stockbroker <laughs> or trader doing, uh, you know, trading off a of feeling and <laughs> intuition, but maybe you can be, uh, an, uh, an okay entrepreneur doing that. Um. But yeah, you know, we just kind of went with the flow, and and
0: and here we are today. So that that say, I think that definitely suffices nicely as a as an origin story. You don't need that aha moment, that mythology. Um yep. It sounds like this is something that you've known you've wanted to do for many years, vaguely, and then you've made it more concrete in in recent years with the help of a good business partner and a yep. first key customer, the gentleman uh, who had to do payout in in Guatemala. Nice story. Um, But let's uh, let's take it take it back a step. Just tell us what exactly does Route Fusion do? What is its business model? Who is it servicing?
1: Yeah. So today, um, our primary business is enabling um, payroll companies and neobanks, as well as marketplaces uh, to embed cross-border payments within their application so that their users can make international payments or uh, send inter, uh, send international payroll to their employees uh, or uh, receive international payouts if they're like a, a marketplace or an e-commerce store or something like that. Um, and in, in how we do that, uh, we're, we're strictly a, a technology layer. Uh, think of us as, a, as an interface that sits in between um, our customer and regulated financial institutions. Uh, and so... We more or less, uh, you know, we we more or less route payments and, and onboard customers and that sort of thing with with these financial institutions um, and 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 service our 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 end customers uh, as 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 best as we can. Um, I think the the best analogy is is we are a true technology company, very product focused, uh, and and we operate in such a way. Whereas most of our uh, partners, they're they're more legacy institutions. They have amazing products, uh, but you know their business, I would say, is is more in the regulatory and compliance side, uh, and and maybe even more of the technical aspect of the FX. Uh, whereas we're more product focused, um, understanding uh, what our customers are really looking for, and then shaping APIs around um, what currently exists. Uh, in, in, in the market, kind of shaping them in a way that our customers are are, are asking for and are looking for. Uh, so it's a it's a very symbiotic relationship. Um, you can't have one without the other, uh, and it's definitely not one of those things where being a legacy financial institution or bank or or whatever it is is a bad thing. Um, I think it's it's just that this is this is what needs to happen to progress. Uh, you know the global financial infrastructure into uh, this new world that that 2020 has has, has brought us. Um, but yeah, is that a, is that an okay explanation?
0: Yeah, yeah, very very good. Uh, I I think while your your comp your business model is quickly understandable to people in fintech you can imagine anyone outside of payments and fx and fintech That's it's confusing, really <laughs> confusing. So, why do you out another step for us you've got a customer uh, yep. your direct customer in say america they have needs payout needs say in south america um how do you help them achieve a successful transaction move money from a to b
1: yeah so let's uh, yeah let's let's break it down so let's say um you know, let's say you're a neobank. Say you bank with Chime, mm-hmm. um, and Chime wants to offer international wires within their application to their customers. So let's say one of their customers is 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 John Smith, and John wants to pay for a a a boat trip that he's taking in Italy. Uh, yep. They're they're leaving out of Naples. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Um so John logs into Chime and, and luckily Chime has just done an integration with Route Fusion. Yeah. So they've they've taken our APIs and they've integrated to where when John wants to go and send that payment uh, from his Chime bank account to uh the bank account of whoever's operating the, the tour in Naples, Italy. Mm-hmm. Uh, John just enters their information in on Chime and he clicks send. And then in the back end, uh, through all the the the, uh, the the infrastructure side of things, Chime sends those instructions to Route Fusion, and Route Fusion passes those instructions along to the um, to the the bank or the FX provider, the people that actually do the conversion of U.S. dollars into euro, mm-hmm. uh, and they do that conversion, and then they deliver the funds to the bank in uh, the bank account of the uh, of the tour operator in Naples, Italy. And Got so it. it's this very seamless, you know, it sounds <laughs> complicated, but from John's perspective, all John did was type in something and, and click send. Uh, and, you know, we take care of the rest and make sure the funds are delivered
0: successfully. That's right. Okay. That, that, that's very helpful. So um, I think a lot of people and consumers were hoping these problems were going away you had the explosion of companies like transferwise you mentioned revolut mm-hmm. pioneer th- these great uh, neo banks and payout services that seem to take care of of forex and, and international payments but not really right there, there's still so many areas of the world and so many industries and so many currencies etc where this sort of fintech is just not not penetrated there yet um, and you mentioned it's quite a an old or arcane industry once you look beneath the cover. So are you finding there's still a lot of work, the majority of the work is still to be done here?
1: Yeah, I think I think you hit the nail on the head. Um, I, I do want to say though, that um, companies like like Route Fusion wouldn't be able to do what we're doing today if, if companies like TransferWise didn't exist. Right. I still, I personally think TransferWise, you know, if you're going to be doing remittances um transferwise is one of the best companies to use Uh, they 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 do have a great i mean i i had my wedding in italy and i wanted to test out transferwise's user experience so i actually paid for all of our vendors and stuff in italy through transferwise and it it really was a great experience Um, there was a few hiccups but that (laughs) but they they helped handle that uh very seamlessly um but i think you know, if you look at Transferwise and you look at Route Fusion, it's it's really two completely different markets. Uh-huh. Um, I think Transferwise is is best uh, suited to to really um, servicing individuals that are paying other individuals, yeah. uh, and and they they truly do dominate that market. And and I hope that they continue to just execute and, and stay in that lane. Um, but if you look at what we're doing, we're we're doing much more complex. We're in in essence. We're enabling other companies to be a transferwise. Does yeah. that make sense? Yeah, and or other companies to be a pioneer, yeah. um, and so it's this sort of next revolution uh, or next evolution—not revolution, evolution of uh, maybe it's both. Maybe it is a revolution and an evolution <laughs> um, of of, of uh, financial services, and it's this whole embedded fintech. It's this idea that. You know, everyone can be a bank. Everyone can be a payments provider. Everyone can do this. And what's funny is it, it's sort of looking like that. Um, and so, you know, there is uh, to answer your question though. There is still major hurdles, and uh, and what's happening, and and we're just scratching the surface. Um, sometimes I I actually ask myself like, you know, this first i know it's not the first wave people people wouldn't describe it as the first wave maybe it's the second wave um, of of these fintech companies i almost wonder um if even this is too early for a lot of these businesses because there's just so much that is changing in in especially north america but but all over the world um so much so that uh i was at a um believe it or not i was at a a a happy hour uh everyone got tested at the door it was kind of cool um I was talking to another, uh, they're, they're an insurance, insure tech. And she said, uh, some of their investors are based out of South Africa and, um, there are a lot of international investors and they actually view North America. They view insure tech, health, health tech, and, uh, fintech in North America as a developing market. (laughs) It's an, or an emerging market. It, it, you know, there's just. So much that is not caught up with the rest of the world, and and I think that's there's so much opportunity because of that. Um, Sorry, so, so I, you know, I, I kind of went on a rant there, but um, but yeah, the, things are still very difficult, and there's still so much to build, and and we really are just scratching the surface. Um, but I think as long as um, financial institutions uh, are and, and regulators are all on the same page. Uh, I think FinTech will prevail and will help take us into that uh, this new world that, that we're all um, seeing and, and wanting to live in, um, but it it still requires a lot of work and a lot of the symbiotic relationship between financial institution, regulator, and FinTech. Yeah. Um, and if that happens, beautiful things, uh, beautiful things will come.
0: If you enjoyed this podcast, please consider subscribing in order to receive every episode as it's published. The fintech space is ever-changing, and we care about keeping you up to date with the latest happenings in this exciting space. If you wish to appear on the next episode of In Check with Fintech, please email podcast at teampcn.com. That's podcast at teampcn.com. The ability to accept payments, pay out uh, international payments. The idea that fintech isn't something special that your company has to go out and buy and and do a prolonged partnership agreement with an expensive fintech firm, but rather can embed these services directly into its own business, Mm -hmm. regardless of what it's offering the market. It can do a bunch of these fintech services, which were formerly you know, outsourced to some expensive company. Um, I think that's the path we're going down. One of the barriers to entry is, is the tech integration, right? You'll have a small company, it could be a payroll sure. company, other type of smaller FS company perhaps um, that doesn't have the, the manpower to, to do the integration. I was checking your website, and it's, it's, it's a beautiful website, by the way, but one of the things you're really emphasising is the ease with which you can integrate, mm-hmm. Um Talk us through that. That's the traditional barrier to entry. People have not got six months to a year to spend on professional services time to right. get your, your tech installed on their website. But companies like yours are overcoming that now. So talk us through how you're achieving that.
1: Yeah, I think that's one of the um, that's one of the biggest focuses of our product and engineering team um, is how to reduce that integration time. Uh, and so if you go to our website, you, you you're right. You will see like. It's more or less like five steps uh integration into your code base um and and for the most part that's that's quite accurate um where you'll see uh slow downs, um and, and where you'll see it taking a little bit more time is is when people um you know they're not dedicating resources to it or there's not a, a strict timeline that they're working to adhere to and that's where you'll see some um some some lag time and and how long it it takes to integrate but you know uh before before route fusion and and what we were doing um i mean you talk to people they're like yeah it took us literally a year to go live with x person um and and i think what we saw early on especially as software engineers is like there's basically it's there's just payment companies that are really good at payments, um, but they're not really good at educating the consumer. Um, and the consumer is going to be the engineer at you know X company that is going to be actually doing the integration. Mm-hmm. And so there's this very high technical term and technical barrier to entry that uh, anyone that's integrating has to overcome. There's a lot of questions. There's a lot of gaps that are are that aren't filled. Um, and so, you know, I, I would love to say today that that you know you can integrate with Route Fusion in, in three days. And and quite honestly, I think you could, but uh, you know, I, I think we're still seeing our average integration time is between two to five weeks. Um, and we do everything we can uh, with every single integration. We write down every customer question, uh, and then we're 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 working that back in our product. We're we're working to release. Uh, different blog posts that are, you know, by blog post uh, it's really outlines of, of how to do these things. Um, we're thinking through every edge case that our customers have and 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 we're bringing it up to them earlier uh, so that they can account for that in their code base. Um, we're doing, like I said, we're, we're attacking this and we're solving these problems as a product first and a product-led organization, not as a payments company uh, or as a Bank, and so when you do that, you start seeing everything in a different, um, like a, a different picture. Uh, and I think that's, and quite honestly, I think that's one of the biggest reasons um, outside of our immediate value proposition that that people enjoy working with us is 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 we truly uh, care about that integration experience and simplifying it and making it easier and better for them uh, to, to to get up and go and and ultimately provide the best experience for their customers. Uh, And and if we can do that, I think that that's what makes us successful. Um, And so you'll actually see soon uh, through everything we've learned from 2019 and 2020, uh, we've been hustling like crazy to release this brand new API. Mm -hmm. It's not a new version or anything. It's a completely new API. Uh, It's actually based on uh, GraphQL and it's taken everything we've learned and applied it uh, to this i mean an amazing integration experience and very soon uh, we're i think uh, so our engineering team is testing it as we speak in production um so very soon hopefully in the next few weeks we'll be able to release that and we have uh, we have quite quite literally a laundry list of customers that are waiting to integrate with this new API and and we think it's going to be a, a,
0: a game changer for this industry as well that's very exciting about new customer acquisition. It doesn't sound like you're struggling to get people in, interested. How are you going about winning new business?
1: Yeah, I mean, um, you know, we, we've, uh, we, think, we think the, how do I put this? Um, you know, uh, most of our customers are, are inbound leads. Um, they're looking for this solution already. Uh, and they're coming out, and they are—they're—they're uh, they're really coming to us. We have a—we have quite quite a small t- sales team. Um, I think only four people, uh, and they are—they <laughs> are—they uh, are working around the clock. Uh, you know, keeping up with all of the uh, the the amount of people that are that are coming in and 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 wanting to talk about Route Fusion. Um, but outside of that, like in the early days, uh, we did a lot of outbound marketing, um, a lot of uh, very interesting growth hacky things to 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 win over some customers. It was not; it did not happen overnight. Um, but you know, now we've got this new marketing strategy and content play that we're really excited uh, excited for, and and we think it's it's going to eventually become our moat. Uh, in this, in this industry. Um, and it's, you know, and, and, and quite honestly, I think it really comes down to uh, following the playbook of, of category creation and education of our, of our customer base. And, and so that's uh, it's, it's, it's not necessarily a ploy to get more SEO backlinks and and those types of things. It's quite literally a, uh, an honest approach to, Hey, somebody needs to do this. We're the people that are going to do it. Uh, And and that's that's the you know, I wish I could dive in and and give you the the secrets of of how we're doing it. But uh, I think over time it'll it'll become very apparent.
0: (laughs) Sometimes you just happen to find the hole in the market and be one of the have a very tight solution. Yeah. And and the the customers are queuing up. You don't need to make a huge um, racket to, to win them over. Um, correct. It sounds like you might have got your company together at the right time and place, which is uh, which is great. Um, yeah. I see you're a, a hobbyist in uh, ethereum and, and Bitcoin mining and you knew about crypto for sure. way back in your city day. So you've been into cryptocurrencies for a long time now. Does yeah. uh, route Fusion do anything in crypto? Can it help cryptocurrency uh, trading houses or just simple uh, wallet holders? Does it have any any relationship to, to the world of crypto?
1: uh I'll, I'll I'll touch on that in just a sec, but funny story uh, you mentioned crypto and city. Um, I was' in, right when we were new hires, the CTO of city came down to Irving to do a uh, you know a meet and greet and like a one-on-one chat sessions, that sort of thing. And I remember at the time uh, Bitcoin was starting to get some legs and I pitched to this uh, to the CTO. Uh, you know, this fresh college grad. I said, Hey, we have a lot of unused server space, uh, servers that are being under, underused. We should start mining Bitcoin. <laughs> and he laughed at me and like, I can only imagine what he thought of me at the time for even like presenting that to him. Um, but you know, the, I don't know the jokes on nobody. It's just kind of funny that, you know, maybe if they would have done that, it would have been a very interesting, uh, would have been very interesting for them today. It would have been glo- globally
0: yeah. dominant if, <laughs> yeah, I know, right? if it just put its you know its reserve or excess server capacity into yeah. mining back in 2013 and just left yeah. it there in a dark room somewhere. Mm-hmm. It would be it would an extra few billion dollars in its pocket. Yeah, it? most likely, most likely they would uh, they'd be leading the way. But um,
1: you know, I wish I could say I was I, I knew what I was talking about back then, but I think I was just being. Um, a, a college new grad that was, you know, bring, bringing to the, the table fresh ideas <laughs> that were not practical at all. Um, but yeah, no. So to talk about uh, crypto with Route Fusion, you know, we we love crypto. Um, we're all very uh, crypto friendly um, and we're waiting for our opportunity uh, to begin offering uh, different crypto rails. Uh, now's not the right time um, but we're harboring those relationships and we're actually working with some crypto companies uh, for their on and off ramps and fiat uh, through partners that do want to support crypto uh, and, and so we're we're beginning to jump in but I think eventually I'm very bullish on offering uh, different crypto rails uh, as as a means uh, for payment I think that's uh, I think that's really really interesting and and a lot of people have actually been asking about it, so we'll we'll see. Only time will tell. Definitely, I
0: think it's critical to keep one foot in that area. Even exactly. if it all pan out and uh, the proverbial, you know what, hits the fan and it's regulated out of existence, and worst case scenario, it doesn't matter. It was worth worth doing, and it's probably going to become more and more mainstream. Um, yep. Any tips for uh, coins to buy? I've got, uh, got a <laughs> got Cardano and Polkadot. A uh, well Polka few doing well. Polkadot, yeah. My uh, one of our, our VP of sales,
1: he uh, a few months ago was like, buy, buy Cardano.
0: Yeah,
1: and uh, I think I think I think quite a few people in the company did, um, yeah. and they actually they're, they're 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 sitting pretty. Yeah, I'm a I'm a traditionalist. I say buy Ethereum. I say buy Bitcoin, uh, and then you know uh whatever else uh altcoin that you want to buy you can, you can buy but I, I think you know you you put your money in bitcoin and ethereum and you check back in in 10 years that's yeah. my that's my investment thesis <laughs> that's
0: a good one. what's the uh end goal for route fusion colton Are you hoping to sell the company to to visa to google one day where do you see this thing in, the, in five years uh i mean I think we're looking at a hundred years and I
1: say that seriously. Um, I think what we're doing is, is the makings of, of building the, the, the next and the the next global international uh, financial infrastructure that is, is going to, to power um, is going to power Global finance for for many years to come. Um, we're here building an institution. Uh, we're not looking for a quick buyout. We're in it for the long haul. Um, and and I think that's that's what that's what drives this company every day. People are everyone. All of our employees are bought in. Um, everyone is 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 really driven uh, because we we truly feel like we're doing something that the world needs. Yeah. Um, we're serving. We're, we're serving uh, humanity <laughs> as as uh, Silicon Valley ish of a quote as that is. That's what it um, that's what it feels like. And and I think we're going to continue doing that as long as we possibly can. Um, and hopefully it, it, it can outlive us. That's the goal. Brilliant.
0: Like it. That's a great way to end the show, I think. How should uh, people get in touch? Candidates, partners, whoever?
1: Yeah, um, hit me up on LinkedIn, uh, shoot me an email, colton at routefusion.com. Always, always happy to chat, uh, especially if you're considering making that jump into entrepreneurship. Uh, I'd love to help you. uh, I'd I'd love to
0: help push you off that cliff. Mm -hmm. Um, But yeah, I'm always available. Love it. Okay, Mr. Colton Seal, CEO of Route Fusion. Colton, thanks very much for being on the show. It's been a fun one.
1: Yeah, thanks for having me, Louis.
0: Thanks for listening. And we'd like to leave you with a more serious message from our partner, Free A Girl, who are dedicated to founding child prostitution and impunity all over the world.
1: Hi, I'm Eveline, CEO and founder of Free A Girl. Every day, 2 million children, especially girls, are being held captive worldwide. They are locked up and exploited in brothels, dance bars, or online, forced into sexual exploitation. Their freedom is taken away together with their youth, family and future. We are dedicated to fight sexual exploitation of children by rescuing these girls. Please join us. Unlock their freedom and unlock your potential by becoming a business partner. Please visit freeagirl.com for more information. Thank you.